Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. I never have gotten quite used to these pulpits. Fifty years ago, we attended a church and they had about 17 or 18 classrooms and they didn't have any pulpits, so I built 17 or 18 pulpits. Three feet wide, two shelves, plenty of room for outline and a Bible. Amen. Paul, quit your complaining. Because God is good. Amen. We heard a lot about children today, Pastor Doug and the graduation and all. And I'm reminded of a story that I heard. This little girl jumps up into her daddy's lap and she said, Daddy, where did we come from? He says, well, darling, we started out as monkeys. And over time we evolved. And over time we evolved. And here we are. And she kind of pondered that, and when opportunity had arisen, she said to her mother, she said, Mommy, where did we come from? And the mother said, Well, darling, our Heavenly Father created the heavens and the earth, and He created us in His likeness, so we look like Him. The little girl said, Well, Mommy, Daddy said we come from monkeys. And Mommy said to the little girl, she said, Darling, your Daddy was talking about his side of the family. So, anyways, while we're on children, I'd like to say a few words about that. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. We've put that to work in our family, and I can praise God and thank the Lord that all of our children love Jesus, and they live for Jesus. Our grandchildren, the same. And now we're believing the same for our great-grandchildren, because you know they're great, aren't they? I had... Uh, I had uh, the privilege of being here for the, the uh, program, the music program that the Leadership Academy had. And, you know, could we just give Dale a hand? Dale, Dale Chateau, he is, you know, he is an awesome guy. He is anointed of the Lord. And I told him after that meeting, I said, Dale, only heaven will tell of the fruit and the goodness that you're doing and, you know, I love uh, Christian school. I love homeschooling, you know, and we have an awesome job to do. But God is so good to us. And uh, we're, on July the 10th, Wednesday night, you ought to make a note of that. There's a young man going to be here, and he's going to be speaking to us. And 40 years ago, he was in my Sunday school class. And him and his brother would come in about 15 or 20 minutes late. And I'd be well into the teaching, and they'd interrupt everything and sit down, and then they'd fall asleep. And I didn't know whether to count them present or not, but you know, love never fails. Anyways, he's going to be here on July the 10th. I seen him last year here, and he'd come up and he said, do you remember me? And I said, yes, you're Craig. And he said, yes. He said, uh, he said his name is Craig Von Buzik. And I know they were him and his brother were in class because his parents made him come. Keep it up, parents. Keep it up. He said, uh, 
I am uh, now the Dean of Theology at Pat Robertson's Regent University. Hello. That's what I was telling Dale. You know, there's another black boy that attended that class. Good-looking, handsome guy. The girls were always around him. And I thought, oh, man, I wonder where he'll end up. I found out a few years ago he's pastor in a Baptist church in New York. Yeah. There's a youth pastor at 2417 Liberty Street was in that same class. We just never know. I read an article from Billy Graham back then, and he said that all these young people are diamonds. All. He said all these young people are diamonds in the rough. And he said some of them are a little rougher than others. But that's our job. That's our job, the disciple. So, Dale, God bless you. I love you. I call him pastor sometimes. Anytime we're discipling people, we're pastors. Amen. Amen. So... Pray for him. He's doing a great work for God. All right. Stand to your feet just now that you're comfortable. Stand to your feet. Hold your Bibles up to heaven. Repeat after me. Say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. All things are possible to me. And this morning, morning, (laughs) the Word of God God will take root in my heart. The eyes of my understanding understanding are open. open. My heart's open. open. My mind's clear. I will pay attention. attention. And when I leave here, here, faith will have risen risen to to another level. And I will never, never be the same. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. Glory. Woo! Hallelujah. I have an announcement to make. The Lord gave me a mandate in November of last year, and he said, son, I want you to teach my people. He said, they're missing out on all my blessings. They're missing out on the inheritance that I paid for them. He said, for all next year, when you have your Bible study, I want you to teach them why they miss it. And I'm going to teach you some things. And so that's what we've been doing in our Bible study. The third Sunday night of every month, up at the Rose Center, we've been teaching about things that hinder us from receiving God's best. We're just, a lot of us just don't even begin to live in the area and the position that he has paid for, already paid for, for us, so we had uh, we had to cancel it this month because the third Sunday ended up on Father's Day. So we moved it to the second Sunday. It went out on the calendar, and then a few days later, Pastor Jason called me and said, "Would you teach on on the second Sunday?" I said, "Sure, I'm at the, I serve at the pleasure of the pastor." And so that happens to be tonight. I won't be there. So the Bible study will be on the fourth Sunday of this month. Somebody said, well, why don't you cancel it? I can't. I can't. He gave me a mandate. We've been spending several teachings on words, just words. Why? Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of our words. 
Whoa, you ought to meditate on that for a while. Death and life are in the power of our words. You know, we come up here and we get hands laid on us for our back. And then on the way home, we say to the wife, my back's killing me. Can't do that. Those kids are driving me crazy. Every time I eat meatballs, I get heartburn. Or maybe I should say enchiladas. No, we can't say those things. That's the devil's language. When Paul the Apostle talked about the devices of Satan in the Corinthian book, he, it, he, it was referred to as being pernicious. Pernicious simply means that it's a deadly trick. But it's subtle and sly, and you don't know it. And he uses this, his language. He uses his language to block out the blessing. And that's why we spent a lot of teachings on that. We're still working on that. We're also teaching about offenses. If we offend somebody, it cuts off our blessing. If we receive an offense, it cuts off our blessing. So that's our topic, and that's what we've been doing in Bible study, and everybody's welcome. All right, today I'm talking about the supernatural church, because on the way home after, after Pastor Jason asked me, the Lord said, teach about the supernatural church, because if we understand the supernatural church and the power that's generated through the supernatural church, we'll be able to function in a miracle area. And then two days later, he sends me an email, and he said, you know, our series is on marked by miracles. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Well, if we're living in a supernatural church, if we're part of a supernatural church, guess what? There's going to be miracles. Amen. Amen. And we've been having a plenty of them. I know a couple of years ago, I was complaining to the Lord. Yeah, that was, I was murmuring a little bit. I said, you know, the culture seemed to be just going. And I said to the Lord, what about this? And he said, listen, you're in construction. You've built roads. You put down blacktop. What goes over that blacktop? I said, a big, heavy roller. Well, he said, you know, you've read in my word that where evil abounds, grace doth much more abound. So he said, like a steamroller, I'm going to go over that evil, and you're going to see revival in this land. Hallelujah. He is so good to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, our text is found in... In uh, Isaiah, the 8th chapter, in the 18th verse, and it says this, Isaiah 18, 18. It says, Behold, have you ever stopped and thought about that word, behold? You know, here a while back, I was, I, I, Jesus used that in the New Testament, and, and I'll be doing out of the King James Version, so I don't know what you're using, Rich, but I'm using King James Version. I am kind of grew up on that. He said, Behold. Behold means be still, be quiet. Jesus, when he was talking to the disciples, he said, quit your coking and joking. Look, I'm talking to you, and I've got something very important to tell you. So that's what behold means. It means pay attention, be still, and listen to what's about to be said. He goes on to say in that verse, behold, I and the children you have given me are for signs and wonders. And where there are signs and wonders, guess what? There is miracles. And he given, he's given that to us from the Lord of hosts. God is so good. We had a miracle here uh, about a couple weeks ago. And I don't know that it's been, it's been broadcasted other than by word of mouth. But anyways, there was a, on my computer there was a... Thank you, Janie, for keeping us updated on all the requests. She sent out a prayer request of a pregnancy... And uh, uh, how many months is the baby? 21 weeks. 21 weeks. And uh, 
the doctors had discovered a hole in the placenta. Well, you know, I'm a farmer, I'm a carpenter, I've been building houses for 54 years. Placenta didn't mean that much to me, so, you know, I, I have that one of them smartphones, you know, and I Googled that. And it said if there's a hole in the placenta, all the nourishment and oxygen will leave and the baby will, it'll not be a good outcome. So we prayed, amen, we prayed, because we're a supernatural church. And it wasn't long, it wasn't long, and there was no more hole, and the doctor didn't understand it. But how many of you know doctors, some of them, a few of them understand supernatural, but most of them don't understand supernatural, right? So they didn't understand what happened. Well, we don't, don't we? Because God is good. You know, the, the early church started with miracles, and it should have continued with miracles, but ran into a dark age because of false teachers. Let me just spend a minute on that. Um, when we teach miracles, we teach healing, and we teach prosperity, then the responsibility falls on the teachers and the preachers to function in that area. And if they don't want to function in that area, then they're lazy. Because, guys, everything we need is in this love letter. Everything we need is in here. Every answer is in here. God is so good to us, and he loves us so much. And the price that Jesus paid, wow, which makes it all available to us and free. So anyways, if, you're not, if they're not preaching and teaching divine healing, the inheritance that we have, according to Colossians 1, 12 and 13, says that we've been redeemed from darkness. We've been redeemed from darkness. What is darkness? Darkness is wallowing around in sickness and disease and poverty and lack and and all kinds of evil things that the devil would like to put on us. He says that we've been redeemed from that and we've been transferred into the kingdom, into the kingdom, everybody say kingdom, into the kingdom of his dear son. We heard Pastor Jason last week talking about our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So talking about kingdom. So now that we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives, we've been transferred into a new kingdom. Woo! And in that new kingdom, there's no sickness or disease. Hallelujah. There's no poverty or lack. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? We're in that new kingdom. So these false teachers, they kept saying that miracles went out with the apostles. Miracles went out with the apostles. So that, that alleviated them from the responsibility of living and walking in health and living and walking in prosperity and having their needs met. Because you know the Bible says in, in Philippians 4.19, it says that my God, my God, my daddy, the daddy that loves me, Abba Father, will supply all of my needs according to his riches. Where's Richie at? According to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. He also says in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Whoa, that takes care of our wants. Now we've got our needs met and our wants met. He also says in Psalms 37.4, he says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take care of our desires. Great day in the morning. What a family to belong to. What a family to belong to. What a kingdom to be part of. But God says it's bringing it back. It's coming back. Miracles are coming back from shore to shore. We are going to see a mighty move of God. I want to say one other thing about miracles. And this is where Bible study comes into effect and is so important. Miracles do not create faith.
but they do give hope. They do give hope. And when I wrap up today, I want to tell us that it, we got to take, it's time to take Jesus public. These testimonies got to go out into the public. So what miracles do, when you tell somebody that, yes, Lord, I'll do that. When you tell somebody that Brother Paul's been healed of heart disease 19 years ago, and they've got heart disease, let's see, hmm, maybe it'll work for me. So miracles create hope. In Hebrews 11 and 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So before faith can go to work, there's got to be hope. Hope becomes the goal setter. The goal is that I want to be healed. The goal is I want a better job. The goal is I want my business to flourish. The goal, the goal is. Well, when you have that goal established and they have hope and they believe that this love letter has everything that they need to acquire what they need, what they want, Sergio, that's for us. Hallelujah. Everything we need is here. When we understand that and we believe that, then we've got hope. Now we need to back that hope up with what he says about it. Because in that verse, in, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things to hope for. For those of you that are in construction, faith becomes the conduit. When you have the hope to, have, to receive one of the promises of God, and by the way, for those of you that don't know, there are thousands and thousands of promises in this book. I've heard it said there's 3,800. I've heard it said there's 7,600. I heard somebody say there's 11,000 promises in this book because some of the promises have three promises in the promise. Wow. What a kingdom. What a family to belong to. Glory. Hallelujah. So hope becomes a goal setter, but faith is the conduit that will bring, bring the goal, the hope, to the manifestation. Or we could say that faith is the bridge that brings the manifestation of what it is that we hope for. Does that make any sense? Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> I want to talk to you for a minute about, I'm going to skip uh, Kings. <laughs> I'm not even paying attention to what you're doing here. You're getting it. I'm skipping Kings for time's sake. Time flies fast in this church for some reason. Yeah, all right, here we go. I want to talk about Pastor Jim and Pastor Pam's experience. Pastor Pam called me, and she said, she was frantic, of course, and she said, Paul, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. And I said, what's up? I don't know what's going on. I know you need prayer. What's up? Jim is laying in the middle of the road, and he doesn't have a pulse. Three people are doing CPR, and then we don't know. He's been there eight minutes, 13 minutes. We don't know. And I said, because my spirit man rose up, because I have fed my spirit man some, some of this, some of this, some of these promises, and my spirit man rose up and it said, Pam, he will live and not die. He will live and not die. He will live and not die. And I don't know how many times I said it. I said he will live and not die. Now that's a scripture that's found in Psalms 118, 17, and I'm very familiar with that scripture because my doctor told me in 1999 that ah, I got a problem, six blocked arteries, you ain't going to make it. But we know, we know about that. I never went back to him. Lord to God. I, I talked to this. I, I got a report in here. You know, when the, 
stock says you only got four months. You say, well, well, well wait a minute, but my, my, my real daddy here says that with long life, will I be satisfied? Long life. Is that more than four months? I would say that 120 years is what he really promised. Hallelujah. So anyways, that's what I told her. And uh, I'm going to bounce around a little bit, so you're going to have to hang with me here on this. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> she, uh, after this, ep- this episode was all over, and Pastor was raised from the dead, and they were filming up at his house. I was there, and she's telling the, she's telling the uh, interviewer, she's saying, uh, I called Brother Paul, and he spoke the word over him that he shall live and not die. She said, but I didn't tell him that he was already dead. Uh, you know, I am of average intelligence. If somebody doesn't have a pulse, yeah. And you know what? Let me just tell you this right now. It didn't matter if it was me saying that word. I want to tell you guys, and this is why I'm saying we've got to take Jesus public, because his word is powerful. Go up to Hebrews, the next one. Hebrews, what is it? Uh, 512 maybe? 412. Hebrews 412. Hebrews 4.12, you got that? All right. It says in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is quick. Did Pastor Pam need quick? Oh, yeah. She needed quick that day, didn't she? It says that the word of God is powerful. Did she need healing power that day? Oh, yeah, she did. And it says that it's life. It's living. That's the word of God. That's ours. He gave that to us. That word of God is capable of taking me off of the broad road that leads to hell and put me on the straight road that leads to heaven in about 30 seconds. I just got to accept him as Lord and Savior. And I'm in the family. I'm in the new kingdom. That's all it takes. That's power. Hallelujah. So we were, uh, we were watching... Uh, uh, Sid Roth. Anybody ever watch that program? It's a miracle. Oh, hallelujah. Where to, Father? We were watching Sid Roth one night, and he had a pastor on there that was from New Orleans. Him and his two sons and his wife were called to be missionaries in Mexico. And uh, I'm still talking about the power that's in the Word of God. And so I don't know how many, how long they were there. <clears throat> I got, kind of got in late on the interview there. And uh, this man had established a ministry there. And he, the, 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 one of his, I'd say, parishioners came to the door, knocked on the door and said, my, my 14-year-old boy has died, and I need you to come and pray. And so he said, we walked and walked and walked. And this was back in... Uh, Carmi, what is it? I call it the woods, the jungle. It was way back in bush, back in the bush. And he said, we walked in this bamboo walls and the thatched roof, and the 14-year-old boy is laying on the floor in a blanket, and his mom is sitting there crying. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> listen to this. <laughs> I don't very often get Holy Ghost goosebumps. He stepped in the doorway, this pastor didn't look at that boy, and he said, he shall live and not die. He's been dead five hours. I'm talking about the power of God that lives within us. Somebody say amen. 
Now, he went over and laid hands on that boy, and that boy started coughing and choking and snorting, and his eyes opened, and he was fine. Sid Roth, interviewing this man, said to him, he said, have you ever done that before? No, that was the first one. Well, have you done others? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, how many, how many people have you prayed that were dead and they were resurrected? He said, we stopped documenting them after 500. And Sid said to him, he said, well, you must, you must have a special anointing on you for raising the dead. He said, no, no, not so. Not so. My sons do it. My wife does it. According to your faith, so be it unto you. You know, we get real familiar in certain areas as we walk with God. And we exercise our power and authority over the devil in certain areas. But we never think about that. Raising the dead. And now here we have it in our own church. Pastor Jim. Wow. Glory to God. I'll tell you what. There was a, um, <clears throat> there was a doctor in North Carolina, one of the Carolinas, and he heard about Pastor Jim being revived. <clears throat> and he called, and he wants to have an audience with them. He wants to get together with them, and he wants to interview them about all, how it all happened. And the reason being is his wife had the same thing. And what happened to Pastor Jim, let me explain this a minute. Uh, being in construction, I understand electric. A lot of you in here probably do. But there's an electrical system behind the heart. And when that shorts out, the heart never beats again. And people don't ever usually revive from that. And this doctor's wife passed away from that very same thing. They call it the widow maker. But Carmi and I call it the way maker. When the waymaker moves in, the widowmaker's got to bow. And that's what happened with Pastor Jim when the power of God surged into his body. I believe at that point in time, that short was broken and his heart began to beat. And they might have been paddling him, and I hope they did. But that's, that's what happened, and that's what I believe would happen. And this doctor wanted to talk to them because he didn't understand how he was able to be revived from the widowmaker. But we understand and we know. It's the word of God spoken in faith. It's the word of God spoken in faith. Romans, I'm not even following my outline here. Let's see. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Romans 8.11 says, <clears throat> Romans 8.11 says this. If that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and because we're part of the family now, it dwells in us. If we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives, then it dwells in us. That spirit moves in here. That spirit becomes alive in us. It says, if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that's a lot of power. Amen. Dwells in you, it'll quicken your mortal body. Quicken means bring life. The Bible says that it was the hands of God that created the heavens and the earth. But when it came to raising Jesus out of hell, covered up with sin, demons, the devil... And everything that goes along with that, it said it took the strong arm of the Father to raise him up out of hell. That verse in Romans 8, 11 says that that same spirit dwells in us. 
Steve, we ought to be able to walk away from sickness and disease. You keep quoting the Word of God. You get it established in your heart, and you will see. You will see the manifestation of your healing in your body. I know it, and I believe it, and I believe it's true. I know it. I've experienced it. Another scripture that I love is kind of my favorite from time to time when I need it. And I need it a lot. Luke 10, Luke 10, 18. There's that word, behold. Jesus is talking to his 12, and he says, behold. Quit your coking and joking. I got something very important to tell you. I am giving to you power over all. Somebody shout all. All the power of the devil. And nothing, nothing, somebody say nothing. Nothing can by any means hurt you. Sickness and disease, poverty and lack, the curse. Nothing can hurt you. Whoa, you need to meditate on that a while. What Psalms David say? He says, Selah. Selah. So he just kind of wants to sit down and he wants to meditate on that. Behold, I've given you power over all the power of the devil. I don't know what might be going on in your life, but if you didn't know it, you're in the family now and you got the power. Amen. Hallelujah. We have potential inside of us that we have never tapped. We got a hundred times more power inside of us than we even understand. When we, when we understand that we are supernatural and what God has done for us and what he has put within us, <laughs> our expectations are going to go through the roof. And I believe that's happening right now. Our expectation, based on what I've been telling you, is rising, rising, rising. I want to go to um, uh, John, the second chapter, the first 11 verses. I'm not going to take time to read them for time's sake. <clears throat> Jesus devised, defies time here. He, it, it happened more than once. The woman with the issue of blood. Eight years, eight years going to the doctor, eight years spending all her money, eight years, and grew worse. When she heard, everybody say heard. When she heard about Jesus, this is how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and understanding. Proverbs says, in all you're getting, in all you're getting, in all you're hearing, get understanding. Because once you understand it, the devil can't steal it from you. Because when hands are laid on you and you are prayed for, by the time you get to the car, the devil wants to tell you, hey, it didn't work, boy. you got pain in your back yet. No, 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 no. No, no, no. So Jesus divided time. That woman said, if I can touch his garment, I will be healed. <clears throat> that garment was a point of contact. Jesus didn't pray for her, did he? He didn't lay hands on her and pray the prayer of faith. He didn't pour oil all over her. He didn't. No. And when he realized she was healed, he said, hey, woman. Be of good cheer. Your faith, everybody say faith, faith, has made you whole. I know people that have left this church because they got tired of hearing about faith, but dear God, nothing happens without faith. You can't get saved without faith. Faith comes by hearing. You hear the word of salvation message. You hear the word of God. And the Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. When you hear about the goodness of God, when you hear about what I'm talking about today, when you hear about this stuff, oh, you want to be part of the family. You want to get in there. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus goes to the wedding supper, him and his disciples, and they run out of wine. God forbid. And so his mother came to him and he said, she said, Jesus, we have no wine. And he said, what's that got to do with me? Typical mother. Didn't pay any attention to him, did she? No. She looked at the disciples and she said, hey, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Well, there happened to be, there happened to be uh, six stone crop uh, pots there, and they held uh, 30 gallon each. And so he told the servants, he said, fill those pots up. Now he got the pots all filled up, and Jesus said, well, I better go test it. I better go check it and make sure it worked, you know, make sure it's wine. Come on, you know he didn't do that. He said, fill those pots up and serve these people. It's 180 gallon. Do you know how long it takes? And when they drunk it, drunk it, drank it, drunk it, and they were drunk probably already. He said, they said, why do you save the best wine for last? Normally at a wedding, you know, we get the best wine in the beginning. And then when the best wine's gone, they serve us the crap. Well, oh, wait a minute, you're not supposed to say that up here. You got to remember, I'm a construction worker. <clears throat> That's not good. Not good pulpit etiquette. <clears throat> All right. They serve you the what? The weak stuff. <clears throat> he says, No, but you saved the best for last. Now, I did some checking on the best, on the best wine. I'm talking about defying time. That's who we are. We're the supernatural church. We're taking Jesus public. We're going to do that. Amen. More and more and more. It takes nine years from a grape seed to become a vine before you can pluck a cluster off of it. Nine years. And then you've got you to gotta take care of it during that time and prune it and fertilize it and get the weeds away from it and all of that. And then when you've got to harvest it and put it in big vats and jump in there with a bunch of feet and you smash it all up and you make, you make, <clears throat> you make juice. And then you put that juice in a barrel and you cork it up. Well, the best wine is between 100 and 200 years old. I didn't know that. I guess because I've never drank any. These guys said, this is the best wine. Jesus defied time with the woman with the issue of blood. I mean, I can go from one account to another account. Jesus knew that in that time, the custom was for a one-year honeymoon. Woo. He knew they were going to need money. And then when the honeymoon's over, they were going to need money to buy a house or build a house or whatever. So there's no way that group was going to drink 180 gallon of wine. There was going to be plenty left over for them to sell. I'm telling you, don't you know God is good? Amen. When he borrowed Peter's boat and he's preaching to the crowd, I still don't understand how that is. We've got to have all these microphones. He's preaching to the multitudes on the shore. And when he's done, he said to Peter, cast your nets into the side, on the other side. Go out in the deep and cast your nets out there. Oh, Jesus. You're, what are, you're a carpenter. You're, you're a preacher, man. You don't know anything about catching fish. I'm a fisherman. I fished all night. There's no fish out here. Nevertheless. So he went and did that. And he got all those fish. And his nets were breaking. He had to call the other boats in to help him out. They made enough money that day to take care of his family the rest of his life. 
I'm talking about supernatural. Jesus operated in supernatural. That same spirit that raised him from the dead is dwelling in us. We have every right to operate in that supernatural. I dare you, double dog dare you to do it. Start to operate in that supernatural. Amen. Jesus is out with his disciples, and he gets a word that Lazarus is sick, his friend, Mary's brother. And uh, don't worry, I'm closing here. Who will give me three more minutes? Let me see your hand. Give me three more minutes. Oh, my gosh, three, six, nine, 12, 18, 21. I can get it done. I can get it done in 21 minutes. So Jesus got word that his, his friend was sick, sick unto death, but he didn't go. And he went later, and when he got there, of course, Lazarus has died. He got word when he was out with his disciples that Lazarus has died. And he said to his disciples, he's just asleep. Amazing. So when Jesus arrives on the scene, Martha said, oh, if you'd only been here, Jesus, he would have been healed, he wouldn't have died. Jesus said, said, oh, he'll, he'll live again. He'll live again. Told Jairus, remember? Fear not. Don't, don't, don't. His daughter had died. He said, no, just believe. She'll live again. Find it interesting when he went to that Jairus' house. I know I'm jumping around. Just stay with me. And the mourners were in there morning and morning, and Jesus walked in the door, and he said, she's asleep. And the Bible said they laughed him to scorn. And he said, get out of here. James and John and Peter faith people, and a mom and dad, and that girl came up from the dead, just like Lazarus, back to Lazarus, okay, Lazarus is dead, he's in the grave, and so Jesus said, roll the stone away, and uh, Lazarus' sister, Mary, said, Jesus, he stinketh, it's four days, he stinketh, roll the stone away, so they rolled the stone away, and Jesus Looked up to heaven, and he said, Father, if you don't help me now, you know, my ministry is ruined. You know, if you don't, if you don't show up here on this one, you know, I might as well come on to heaven because we're done. We're finished. <laughs> Jesus said, Daddy, I'm so glad you always hear me. And with a loud voice, he said, Lazarus, come out of there. And he obeyed. And he walked out. Now, <clears throat> I'm still finishing. I got 21, I got 18 minutes left. <laughs> so, <clears throat> how many years do you think Lazarus lived after he was resurrected? Anybody know that? 30 years. Here's something that I found out. They said he never, listen to this now, and this will encourage us to take Jesus public. He never smiled. Well, aren't you happy to be alive? When he questioned by why he never smiled, he said, I can't get it out of my mind those four days. All I seen was people suffering, people in torment, people in flames. He said, they wanted to die, but he said they couldn't. He said, I can't get that out of my mind. I'm thinking, wow, hell is real. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about 
before Calvary, the righteous people went to a place called paradise, a place called Abraham's bosom. You can read it. It's, on, it's, 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 it's in my, my, my scriptures here. Put that up there if you would. It's, it's uh, John 11 through, uh, 11th chapter 38 through 44. And <clears throat> it talks about Abraham's bosom where the righteous people ended up. But over here was Hades, a place called hell where there's torment. And there was a great gulf between them. And they could see one another. And they could shout to one another. And one of the guys over there, he shouted over, he said, Father Abraham, send, send Lazarus so he can bring some water and drip some drops of water on my tongue. He said, we can't do that. We can't, we can't cross this gulf. We can't cross this chasm. And he said, well then, Father Abraham, send somebody back to warn my five brothers that they repent and not come here. He says, they got Moses. And they got the prophets. Even if one goes, yeah, but if one goes back from the dead, they'll believe. No, they won't believe. They won't believe. That's why I'm saying, you know, it's not miracles that bring faith. It's this word of God that brings faith. And understanding this word of God that brings faith and rises up. So hell is real. I looked up this morning, Google. And Google said that hell is a polite word. Or I'm sorry, Hades is a polite word for hell. But it kind of means the same. Anyways, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm wrapping up here by saying it's time for us to take Jesus public. It, guys, if it's just bowing your head when you're in a restaurant and saying grace, it sends a message to somebody. I prayed on Wednesday morning. I said, God, I haven't given my testimony of healing and heart disease in quite a while. Can you send me somebody? I got a neighbor that just moved in. He bought the house last year. He stays there two months in the summer. And him and I are going to cut some trees down and stuff. And I called him to get the number of the tree cutter, and he's on the thruway. And I said, uh, I said, Jan, I said, I need that number for the um, tree cutter. And he said, I don't, I'm on the thruway, I can't. He's on the thruway. And he didn't have to tell me this, but he said, I'm on the way to Cleveland Clinic. Got an issue with my heart. And God says, there's your open door. When he gets back, give him your testimony. This guy has a house in, in, in Colorado, a house in Chautauqua, a house in Florida, and he just bounces around. Anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take Jesus public with this guy. That's what we got to do. That's why we have all these miracles that are showing up. You know, God didn't heal me that I just go bowling. God didn't heal me that I just go fishing. God didn't heal me that I just go golfing. There's nothing wrong with that. But he healed me of that. He healed me of aggressive, aggressive prostate cancer. He healed me of an impacted tooth. The dentist took x-rays and nothing wrong with that tooth. I said, it hurts. He drilled it out. He drilled it out twice. He drilled it out. He said, I got to pull it. I said, no, you're not pulling it. I got to work on that tooth. I got to work on that tooth. I got to work on that tooth. I didn't tell him that, but that's what I got to do is work on that tooth. That was two years ago. That tooth is fine. That tooth will be with me when I go to heaven because I talked to it. In the name of Jesus. And I can drink hot and cold and I can eat chocolate. Glory to God. Thank God for chocolate. I got to wrap this up and I'm going to wrap it up right now. There was an autistic teenager boy. I don't remember his name, but I'm going to call him Ronnie. He got marvelously saved and he, he really got us saved. Roberto, he really met Jesus. 
And he was so excited about meeting Jesus that he, every day he would cry and he'd say, Jesus, I love you so much. What can I do for you? I'm autistic. He was a grocery bagger at the local grocery store. And every day he said, Jesus, what can I do for you? And that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelled in him. And it gave him an idea. He says, you know, Ronnie, those little sticky notes. You can write a little word of encouragement on them. And get a bunch of them ready. Have them in your pocket. And every time you bag a bag, stick one in the bag. Stick one in the bag. Stick one in the bag. Jesus loves you. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. It's the goodness of God that draws men to love him. Put them in the bag. He was so excited. He's got a ministry. He's got something that he can do to repay what Jesus has done for him. Every day, something in the bag, something in the bag. His checkout line got longer and longer. And one day it was so long, it went back in the grocery store, and there was five cash registers, cashiers, empty, nobody working, nobody coming over there. The manager gets on the speaker, loudspeaker, loud, what do you call it? Yeah, loudspeaker. And he says, folks, folks, you're all lined up in number one, but I got five other cashiers with nothing to do. If you want to get out quicker, come move over here. Nobody moved. What does that tell us? That tells us there's a world out there without hope. Our testimonies, our miracles bring hope. I'm going to close with this word. Bloom where you're planted. I read a book several years back. I was kind of in a doldrum. And that book said, it was wrote by Dr. Schuler. It says, bloom where you are planted. That's what Ronnie did. He bloomed in the grocery store. That's what we have to do. We have to look for a place, look for a spot, ask God to open the door, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Stand to your feet. Andy, you can come on up here. Wednesday of last week, God spoke to me and he said, he said, uh, I want to do some fun things in the service today. He said, I want to heal some people. That's a good thing. <clears throat> and he said, and he seemed to be specifically shoulders, even right shoulder. If you've got any pain in your shoulder, raise your hand, please. Any pain, and it was basically joints, you know, knees, ankles, hips, toes, fingers, you know, joints, shoulder. Raise your hand. Raise it high because I want some believers to turn around and it's late. I want them to lay hands on you. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. And we're going to believe, yes, we're going to believe God. Oh, healing power is here today, folks. Healing power. Don't let the miracle pass you by. Miracles coming to you like, oh, like a fire hose. Miracles are coming to you. It's abounding to you. Ephesians tells us healing power. The grace of God is abounding to you. Abounding to you. So everybody that has their hand up, somebody... Uh, Chris, come on over here. <clears throat> Get your hand on some folks that have their hands up that need prayer. Father, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus that right now healing power flows into these bodies from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that that same power that raised Jesus 
from the dead is alive today and alive in us and working right now. I want somebody to shout out, I receive it. I take it. It's mine. It belongs to me. I'll never be the same. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says, let your request be made known with thanksgiving and praise. So we know that we've spoken the word. We know that it went to do the job just like it did in Pastor Jim. And we know, we know, we know that healing is yours today. Don't let the devil rob you from it. Keep it, keep it, keep it. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Small group leaders, if you'd come up here, if you've got something specific you want to talk to somebody about, they'll be up here to talk with you. They'll be up here to pray with you. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, I'm telling you it's the best decision you'll ever make. Come on up here and meet with me today, and we'll, make you, we'll get you into the family of God. You can enjoy the great inheritance that God has designed for you. Hallelujah. I was 12 years old when I accepted him. Old things passed away. I became a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I've never regretted it. He's been good to me. He's been good to my children. He's been good to my grandchildren. He is a good, good father. He is a good, good father. I think that's a song. All right. So... Uh, like I said, if anybody wants to uh, have special prayer, just come on up here. We're here. Oh, yeah. Any, how many can say, raise your hand and say the pain is gone? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Four. Thank you. All right, somebody. Let's give God praise. Don't just patty cake. Give him a praise. He's working. He's working. He's working. Hallelujah. And for the rest of you, healing power is in your body. Just keep confessing it and claiming it. If that's all, you're dismissed. Don't forget there's donuts out there. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.